What is going on, everybody? We are back with episode 18 of the Our City Podcast. Today's relatively going to be a quick and easy episode. Mostly want to talk about my predictions and just kind of like a quick little pre- preview of what I expect from the Mets in 2020. So in terms of predictions, I want to dive right into it. Predictions, in my eyes, after the, even though I haven't been able to watch much of spring training from what I've been seeing online and what from the little bit I have watched and knowing who's coming back and who they brought in, definitely this Mets team is a 90-win team. My prediction for them is 90 wins, 72 losses. Will that make them NL East champs? I don't know. I mean, I would think I think it can, but I also think Atlanta is too strong. So I'm not saying so. The Mets can beat Atlanta for the NL East, but it's going to take more than 90 wins. I think Atlanta is going to be about a 93, 94 ish win team somewhere around there I think the Mets will be around 90 so definitely if they don't win the division I think they will have the top wild card spot who would get that second wild card spot I don't know it could be Washington Philly could be Chicago Milwaukee St. Louis Cincinnati San Diego the Rockies it the National League is that's why I like the National League so much better than the American League it's so much more wide open there's so much competition from top to bottom in the National League. There's really only, in my eyes, there's only the Marlins, the Pirates, and the Giants. And maybe you can make an argument for Arizona and Colorado, but I don't think so. But So you have the worst team in each division that won't compete, be competing for a playoff spot. And if, having the other 12 teams in the league in the National League competing for one for two spots if they don't win the division is going to be amazing for baseball. It's definitely going to be all the way down to the end of the season like it was the past couple of years. I definitely think the Mets will get that top wild card spot if they don't win the NL East and then that second wild card spot like I said, completely completely wide open. Now let and as I also just said 90 and 72 I have for the Mets. In terms of the roster itself, the roster is kind of tricky. So a lot of it is depending on the health of Ioannis Cespedes. Now, as of now, Cespedes has taken live BP, but he's yet to play, and he's doing his rehab, but he's yet to play in a spring training game. Now, if he doesn't play in a spring training game before opening day, I do not see how the Mets can have him on the opening day roster. I know that he said his goal is opening day and he expects himself to be ready to go for opening day, but the fact that we're getting less, we're now less than 20 days until opening day and he's yet to play in a uh, spring training game, it's kind of tough for the Mets to be able to justify having him on the roster. So right now, I would personally ha- keep Cespedes off the roster at least for a little bit. I would, because if you remember back in 2015, when the Mets acquired Cespedes right at trade deadline, and the impact, the instant impact he put into that lineup, knowing that he can do that and knowing what he's capable of defensively with the absolute cannon he has on his arm, 
the Mets should have no reason to be rushing him back. If I'm the Mets, I'm taking my time. I'm making sure that when I get Yoannis Cespedes back, I'm getting back 100% fully healthy Yoannis Cespedes. Now, that would probably mean him not being ready for opening day, which I think is perfectly fine. I personally wouldn't have Cespedes back until about May-ish. I'd give him another month to get going again. I know Cespedes won't like that, but... In terms of the long term and how important he can be to this lineup and how much more dangerous and scary this team is with him in there, I definitely don't think the Mets need to rush him back. Now with that said, that opens up a spot in the outfield, specifically in center field slash left field. So the Mets have a couple different, and this is a good thing, the Mets have a couple different ways they could play this. They have well. Let's start from. Let's go around the diamond. So catching is going to be Wilson Ramos, without a doubt. He caught over 140 games last year. Definitely going to be around the same there with Tomas Nito presumably being his backup, potentially Rene Rivera, and the Mets also have some nice catching depth in the minor leagues. So if Ramos, who has had injury issues in the past, that's a good sign. Around the infield, we're going to have Alonzo at first. Cano's going to be at second. Uh, Rosario's going to stay at short. Third base is where I'm going to come back to. And then in the outfield, Conforto and right. And then left and center is the tricky part. So the Mets have a couple different ways that they can approach this. They could have Jeff McNeil play third. And then stick J.D. Davis in left and keep Brandon Nimmo in center. Or they could have... Um, J.D. Davis at third, McNeil in left, and Nimmo in center. They could have a platoon of Nimmo and Marisnik in center field. Dom Smith could get some time in left field, which could potentially, if he keeps J.D. Davis, if Luis Rojas has J.D. Davis at third, he could have moved Conforto over to center and have McNeil in right field and then put Dom out in left field. Mets have a bunch of different options. However, if I'm the Mets... I start out the season with McNeil in left, Nimmo in center, and then J.D. Davis at third. I think after the year Davis had last year and not really having a true center fielder besides Nimmo and Marisnik on your roster, I think it's very important to have both of those guys in there. And Marisnik, we don't really know what we're going to get out of him yet after trading for him in the offseason. Nimmo, you know what you're going to get out of him. So it's kind of, I don't want to say toss-up, but it's definitely something that, the, it's a good thing, it's a good problem for the Mets to have. It's definitely good to have too many guys for a couple spots than not enough guys for spots when you see other teams struggling to fill those spots. And for the Mets to have this is definitely going to give them an advantage when it comes down to the end of the season. If they got guys coming off the bench or if they need to, when they're uh, bringing up guys when September call-ups come around. It's a lot of moving parts. And in terms of the rotation, obviously there's been some debate there. Uh, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, 1-2-3. I think, and it should be, and it probably will be, Matz is the fourth starter. And then the fifth starter between Michael Waka and Rick Porcello. Or they could do a six-man rotation. Either way, I'm perfectly fine with, but I know I've seen, I'm just going to, this is all I'm going to say about it. 
I've seen a lot of it on Twitter. I've seen a lot of it on MLB. There's no reason to keep Steven Matz out of the rotation, and there is no need to trade him, period. Because as the only lefty as it is in your rotation, you can't afford to take him out, and you also can't afford to put him in the bullpen because your bullpen's already, for lack of a better word, overcrowded, and you're not going to trade him because you're not going to get as well of a return as you may think for Mets because I just don't see the Mets getting quite the return that I would want personally for Mats that I think they should get, and I don't think they're going to get that. And Mats, I definitely think this is his his statement season along with Syndergaard. I think that Mets rotation is and can potentially be the best in baseball this year in terms of in terms of stats, in terms of strikeouts, in terms of ERA, you name it. I think this pitching staff is something special for the Mets. And then in the bullpen, it's all about staying healthy. Pretty straightforward. If this bullpen can stay healthy, the Mets are going to have no problem uh, winning ball games down the stretch. They're not going to have any problem keeping in front of the Nats and keeping up with the Braves and the Phillies. I keep forgetting about the Phillies, but the past two years they kind of have stumbled a little bit to the finish line. So it's kind of a toss-up. But like I said, this was a relatively quick episode today. I just wanted to get out a couple little previews and just updates about the roster, what I think should be going out on opening day, where I think this team stands. This definitely is a playoff team, a playoff caliber team, a 90-win team. I definitely think when they get to October, with or without Cespedes, preferably with, this team is absolutely dangerous. And there are a lot of teams that are sleeping on them, and there are a lot of people and fans that are sleeping on them too. Because they're, well, they're the Mets. So that'll just about wrap it up for episode 18 of the Our City Podcast. I just, again, just wanted to get out a couple little ideas. Our next episode will be probably around opening day. And we'll watch the opening day game and do an episode after that. And see, talk about what we thought and all that kind of stuff. What we expect going forward. So make sure you're following us on social media. We're only on Twitter at Our City Pod. Make sure right here on YouTube you are subscribing, you're commenting, you're liking our videos. Make sure, and most importantly, you're telling your friends about us. If you have any criticism, good or bad, we want to hear it from you to make us better for you. Thank you for tuning in for this quick little episode of the Our City Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Let's go Mets.